welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like capital ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It would mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy. If you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy, you can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Hey, everybody. I hope everybody had a great weekend and uh, excited to be here on this last day of February with Breakfast with 
champions topic today i choose to begin a new life for the room and my topic here today is how you can since you are choosing to begin a new life how can you increase your value to others how can you make yourself a more valuable person not only in your own eyes and with your own actions but also when it comes to other people is what i want to talk here today and the, the first thing that we all have to understand, I know we have a lot of you know, entrepreneurs, people who are in sales, who are in this room, is that nobody pays for things based on its price. I mean, we might think that we do. And of course, we have to do math and we have to take a look at the numbers and see, you know, can I pay for this? Should I pay for this? Doesn't make sense. But what we really pay for is value. And value is very simply defined as what something is worth relative to the person who's looking at it. Because... I might value a pair of sneakers more than you value. You might value a, a certain car more than I value. So value is all based, is all relative to the person who's talking about it. For example, the value of bottled water goes up when there aren't any water faucets or no water fountains around. You're in the desert, you're dying of thirst. That bottle of water might be worth $100. But somebody tried to walk by and sell me a bottle of water right now for 25 cents, I probably wouldn't pay for it simply because I don't need it. And the value of things go down Conversely, when they are easily replaceable and or there's nothing distinctive about them. Sometimes we call those commodities. So how can you make yourself and whatever it is you bring to the world, there's probably more than one thing. How can you make those things more valuable? I have three points I'm going to share here and hopefully leave a few minutes at the end for the open discussion, conversation, communication, uh, questions, criticisms, whatever. Let's get into it. So point number one. The topic again is how to increase your value to others is give people what they want. I heard this uh, salesperson I was on on somebody's Zoom call maybe three, four months ago. And this guy, he shared this anecdote it was really good. And I'm going to steal it from him. He said he talks to people who don't know him and they say, well, what do you do for a living? He says, well, I'm a salesperson. And then they say, OK, well, what do you sell? And he says, well, that depends. What do you want to buy? That's giving people what they want. It's not about what you offer. It's about what you, what they need and how can you give it to them and how you can use this. If you know that may be a, a funny little anecdote, how you use this is you think about what you offer. And the key here is, and this is the key word, we call it positioning because you don't have to, let's say you sell thing X and you meet somebody you want to sell to them and they have the money, but they want to buy thing Y, but you only sell thing X. Does this mean you need to go out and become a distributor for thing Y just so you can make that sale? No, it doesn't mean that. What you need to find out is what is it about thing Y that that person really wants and figure out, if you can, how your thing, thing X, can be positioned as able to deliver exactly what they need from thing Y. Because it might not be thing Y that they want. It's the result of thing Y. How can you position your stuff to be exactly what it is that they need? And that positioning is really the key to being able to sell anything, whether you're selling an idea or you're selling a physical product. If you want to be valuable to another person, sometimes you give people exactly what it is that they want and it matches what you're offering. Sometimes it's not. If you want to be valuable, it'd be best for you to sometimes swallow your pride and your expertise and just give people what they want. I'll give you an example. There's this guy that I'm sure some of you know, uh, his name's Tucker Max. He runs a company or he did run a company called, they called it Book in a Box and they tend to describe, they basically write books for people. 
many very uh, well-known books have been written, have gone through that company. And when Tucker was first starting the company, because he had written a bunch of books himself, he was talking to this woman, this is before he started the company, he's talking to this woman and she's like, hey, I wanna write a book. Tucker, you've written a bunch of books. Can you help me write my book? And Tucker tells the story of how he went into this whole spiel and this whole rant about how a lot of authors aren't putting in the time and it takes a lot of time and effort to write books and you gotta sit down and you gotta be disciplined about it. And you gotta, gotta write every single day. And he goes into this whole diatribe about how if you wanna be an author, you really have to do it you know, the hard way, let's just say. And a woman let him finish talking and she finally said to him, look, I'm willing to pay you money to help me write my book. Are you gonna help me do it or not? And he finally kind of reality smacked him in the face and he realized he had a business on his hands. That there were a bunch of people just like this woman who wanted to write a book, so to speak, but they didn't want to sit down and literally write a book. They wanted someone to help them write a book. And that's where his business came from. And his business is doing great. And the last I heard from him, he had actually basically kicked himself out of that company because it was doing so well without him. He didn't even need to be around anymore. The whole point is he realized what people needed, which was to have a book done. It wasn't necessarily that they needed to do it his way, which is thing X, sit down and actually write every word of a book. And again, this is more of a mentality than it is about you necessarily having a specific skill. So if you're smart, and I think you are, you can still give people what they need, which hopefully is the same thing you wanted to give them in the first place, but at the same time, let them believe that you're giving them what they wanted. And this is an important point because as consumers, none of us really buys what we need. Most of the time we don't buy what we need unless it's an absolute emergency. For the most part, we buy what we want. So your job as a salesperson is to figure out how do you position the thing that people need, which is what you're selling them because you're probably smarter than your consumers. So you know what they need, but how do you position that as the thing that they want so that they actually buy it? Because again, people don't buy what they need. They buy what they want. The way that I, the, the metaphor and the visual that I give you is any of you who's a pet owner, it's like feeding medicine to a dog. If any, any of you have ever tried to feed medicine to a dog directly, I mean, you take the actual the little pill that the, 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 what do they call those people? The veterinarian gave you and you try to give it to the dog. The dog's going to smell it, realize that it's not what they want and the dog's going to go away. It's not going to take it. Or if you're smart enough to trick the dog to taking it into his mouth, this is going to eat all the other stuff. It's going to spit the medicine out. So how do you feed medicine to a dog? I'm sure there are plenty of people who have plenty of ways they've done it. You can wrap it up in some lunch meat. You can put it inside a, a little toy, one of the dog toys. You can break it up and put it inside their food. I've uh, crushed up some dog medicine and put it on some peanut butter and let the dogs lick it off my fingers. But whatever you do, you got to figure out a way to give them what they want while at the same time mixing in what they need. And this is the same thing that all of us have to do. Give people what they want because that's what's going to draw them in and keep their attention and actually get them to part with their money for the most part as consumers while at the same time giving them what they need so that they get the outcome and the results and the progress that they you know, actually want for themselves. Because if you just let people go off of what they want, then a lot of people wouldn't be making too much progress out here. So this is, the, this is your job as a salesperson, as the expert, is to figure out how can I give people or at least let them believe they're getting what they want while at the same time giving them the things they need. How do I feed medicine to that dog. I'm not saying that all your customers are dogs, but I think you get what I'm saying. So when I say buy also, it doesn't necessarily have to be money. It could be as simple as cooperation, simple as getting someone to agree to an idea, because for the most part, 
you got to get someone to agree to an idea or a belief before you can get them to agree to part with their money. Topic again today is how to increase your value to others, make yourself valuable to other people. Be or do something that people cannot get anywhere else. In other words, what is your reason for being? Uh, why are you here? Why are you taking up space in the marketplace? Why are you taking up space on the exhibit floor? Why are you taking up space on the stage? What are you bringing to the table that if you went away, nobody else could replicate and also bring to the table? What will we, and when I say we, I mean the marketplace that you're in, any space that you're in, what will be missing? What will be the empty void if you disappear? What do you bring that no one else can bring? In what way do you bring it that nobody else can do it? You should know what this is and be able to articulate it in whatever space in which you plan on or you are taking up space. And that space can be time, it can be money, it can be uh, other people's attention, it can be getting other people's energy. What are you bringing that cannot be replicated? I remember I actually made a, I made a video talking about this the other day, didn't put it out yet. But sometimes I go into retail businesses and the frontline employees working in some of these businesses have the worst attitudes. And I always think to myself, I've never said it to any of them directly because it wouldn't be uh, constructive for them. I wouldn't have a problem saying it if I needed to. But I always think to myself, how are the, the most replaceable people in here having the worst attitudes? That makes no sense to me. They could easily be replaced. But they have the worst attitude of everybody. And often the owners of these businesses don't even know what's going on because they've allowed these people to keep working and they're paying. My, I'm sharing that to share with you this. You need to figure out what it is about you that can't be replaced. Because if anyone decides or that they're paying you too much or they don't like some opinion that you share or they want to cancel you or run you out of the space, why would it be painful for them to do that? Because there's something that you bring to the table that if you leave, that thing goes with it. What is that for you? In marketing, we usually call this the USP, right? The unique selling proposition. What is unique about what you're bringing to the table that someone can't go get somewhere else for half the price or they can't easily just do themselves if you went away? What is it about you that makes you different from anyone else who may be offering something similar to what you're offering or who, if they wanted to, they could just decide that they're going to just start doing the thing that you're doing. Another example of this is any of you ever watch uh, Shark Tank? Kevin O'Leary does this all the time. When someone comes into the tank and they present their business and they say what they do and they talk about their sales and that, and Kevin O'Leary says, well, look, I could just take X number of dollars and- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. I can knock off what you're doing, copy the same thing that you're selling, undercut you on price, run you out of business and I'm gonna, this phrase he always uses that I like, it crushes you like the little cockroach that you are. And that can happen to any of you if you don't have a unique selling proposition. What makes you different from everybody else out there in the space? For example, if you're a personal trainer, fitness trainer, if there are a bunch of other trainers in your city, and there are, what makes you different from them? 
why should someone hire you instead of hiring them? And a good way to get an answer to this question is just ask people who've already paid you because they'll tell you what makes you different from everybody else. And they are, they know that you're not the only one. It's not, in, it's not a secret that they could easily go hire somebody else. It's not a secret that someone else probably has lower prices than you. So don't feel like you're you know, giving something up if you ask this question. They will tell you because they already noticed. If you're a, a basketball player trying to make the basketball team, how many other players are trying out? Right, what are you going to do that's going to separate you from all the other players? Then? If you're selling food, how many other companies are trying to sell food on Uber Eats? If you're trying to buy from Uber Eats, how many different options do you have? How do you make yourself stand out from everyone else who is similar in your space? This is a unique selling proposition. This is your reason for taking up space. Now, I know, and I have this conversation with uh, many a solopreneur, entrepreneur, brand builder, or someone who's aiming to be in those spaces. I've had many of these conversations that many of us, all of us actually, believe that there are certain things that make us different from everyone else. And usually when you ask people, they start going into the spiel about uh, how good they are and how they help people. And then they start going into, I call it a techno babble or the jargon of what they do in their work that goes completely over people's heads. The question is, can you make it clear in the minds of someone who does not know what you do? In other words, can you make it succinct, very brief? Also, can you make it clear to where a person who doesn't know your area of work, they do not have your expertise, where they can understand it and say, okay, now I see what makes you different from everyone else, even though I know nothing about your line of work. This right here is the crux of being able to carve out your space in any type of crowded market. And again, this doesn't have to be you necessarily doing an exchange of money. This could simply be just getting people to pay attention to you in the first place. What makes you different from anyone else who is out there? And can you make it clear to someone who knows absolutely zero about what you do? Point number three, we are talking again today about how to increase your value to others and make yourself valuable to other people. Is enmesh yourself into the minds and the worlds of the people who you wish to serve. In the marketing world, we like to say, know your customer better than your customer knows themselves. Why this matters is because the better you know the person whom you're attempting to influence, the better you can meet their needs. And when you can meet somebody's needs, the better you can sell them more of the things that they do need, which sometimes they don't even know they need, which will help you serve them, which will cause them to be happy. And when they're happy, you know what they do? They open their wallets and they spend more money with you. If you're in the business of making money, it's probably a good thing to do. And everybody wins in this situation. You win by making more money and building your business. Your clients and customers win because they get what they want and what they need at the same time in a, a one-stop shop, which is you. And hey, even the government wins because they get to take a little piece of every dollar that you make. So this is a win, win, win situation. If you want to see a great example of an entity that enmeshes itself with you and your life, or your own one right now, and I don't mean Clubhouse, I mean the device that you are accessing Clubhouse through. Look at that smartphone. What if you didn't have it for a day? I told you I don't have my MacBook for a day, but I'm all right because I got this phone and I have an iPad. I can survive. I can survive longer without the computer than I can survive without the phone. And I would bet, I would bet that most of you is the exact same way. And when I'm done, I want to see if anybody has a anyone has an objection to that. They think they can survive without this phone for a while. But this phone has completely enmeshed itself into, I'll speak for myself, into my world, but I don't think I'm by myself with that. It's, it's the network effect of having one 
it actually makes it more valuable and more irreplaceable in my life because everybody else has one as well. So the fact that you all have one that I couldn't survive without having mine. That's what a company like, let's just say Apple, they're the ones who kind of popularize this. And I would bet most of you are on Apple devices. They even messed ourselves into themselves into our worlds. How hard would it be for you again to not have a smartphone or even if you were to do something simple and switch your phone? Those of you who are non-Apple users, how hard would it be to switch from that Android to an Apple? And if you're on Apple, how hard to switch from Apple to Android? Now I know they have their, their programs in place. So you're coming from an Android here, you can push this button and hit this and then wait two hours and everything's gonna process over, but is it really worth it? How hard would it be for you to stop using something like Gmail or any associated Google products where everything's, uh, everything's connected or to drop your iCloud and everything that's connected to those Apple programs? How hard would it be to stop using Facebook for those of you who use it or Clubhouse or Instagram? All of these, many of these companies and applications have designed themselves on purpose. This does not happen by accident. They design themselves to enmesh what they have into your world in such a way that not only is it fun to use it and you want to use it because we're all using these things voluntarily, but at the same time that it would be very painful to stop using it. And that's the idea that I want to get across here when it comes to making yourself more valuable to other people, not only giving them the good stuff that they want and kind of basically adding, adding is like putting a, basically putting a plus sign into their life. Every time you come around, you're giving them more of what they want, more of what they want and the things that they need. But at the same time, you want to make it so difficult for them to get away from what you're doing that even if they think about it, the next thought is, you know what? It would be so hard, so cumbersome and so painful to stop paying person X, to stop being signed up for this service, to stop using this device, to stop having this membership. It would be so painful and it would be so hard and it'd be so difficult to find a replacement that, you know what, I might as well just keep it. I might as well just keep paying for it. I might as well just stay signed up. I might as well just keep using this service. You want it to be painful for them to go away. Really good products, especially in, I'm using all these software examples because we're all customers if we're not also salespeople of them, not only give you the ease of use when you're using the product, but again, very cumbersome and painful to stop using the product. And that's when you know someone is good at enmeshing, when it's really difficult to stop using their stuff. And we all have these as consumers in our lives that, you know what, eh, I probably just might as well keep this. It's not even worth the work to go find another one, which means that person's going to stay with you forever, quote unquote, forever, even if they don't want to which is a great business model. I don't know. I'm not here to speak on the, the morals and the ethics of it. I'm sure that conversation is coming in the next 10 years or so when it comes to social media and software apps. But when it comes to business, this is an amazing business model because everybody's using it. And the more every, everyone, quote unquote, is using it, the more everyone else wants to keep using it. So now I'm going to recap my three points here. And we got about five minutes. So I'm going to open up the floor for some discussion. Hopefully some of you have some comments is the topic once again how to increase your value to others and make yourself valuable to other people is number one give people what they want sometimes what you're offering and what people want and also what people need they can be three different things your job is positioning what you offer in such a way that people want it while at the same time giving them what they need number two be or do something 
for other people that they cannot get anywhere else. In other words, what makes you unique in the space? What's your unique selling proposition? Why do you exist and why do you matter? And if you disappear, would anybody even notice? And number three, enmesh yourself into the minds and the worlds of people in such a way that not only are they getting a ton of value from being deep into your world, but also it'll be very painful for you to stop using it painful for them to stop using whatever it is that you offer. The more painful it is for them to get away from you, the more likely that they will never leave. Even again, I'm not here to speak on the ethics and morality of that, but when it comes to business, it's a beautiful business model. And again, you can look at yourself and look at the apps on your phone and look at that phone itself. And it's a perfect example of it. They've done it to you just like they did it to me. So with all that said, let me open up the floor for any uh, questions, comments, or discussions on anything that I said here. I'll offer a question, which is to anyone who would like to offer it first. What is your unique selling proposition? What is your reason for existing that separates you from anyone else in your space who may be similar or at least tries to pretend that they're similar to you? Hi. Hey. Am I live? Yes, you are. Who's this? Hey. This is Heather ID. I'm down there. Um, yes, I actually um, restore antique toys, uh, and we are in Noblesville, Indiana. Uh, it's something that is a legacy that I absolutely love. Restoring toys, restoring history, making memories for lifetimes to come. Um, for people. Hey, Heather, talk a little bit that. closer to your mic so we can hear oh, you. Sorry. Can you hear yeah, me now? Thanks. Yep. Yep. So, yep. <laughs> making sure that history is not forgotten, but it's also restored in a beautiful way. Um, if that makes any sense, I, I love what I do. It's been a passion of mine for since I was little, um, it's just like reliving my childhood over and over again, which I don't know if it's necessarily the greatest thing to relive your childhood and, and stay little forever. But I know growing up isn't fun either. So <laughs> um, I also just want to enjoy this space that I've been provided and be appreciative of what God has given me and it all started, you know, with just a dream. Um, Heather, let me ask you a question. Yes. From, if there are, first of all, do you have competitors and what makes you unique from anyone else in your space who might try to knock you off, take some of your customers? Um, I do have a few competitors out there. Um, they have been around for a very long time. And quite frankly, I look at them as friends more than I look at them as competitors. Um, you know, it, it's a community. We help each other. It's not something that I'm looking to get uh, ahead of anyone else, if that makes sense. It, it's more of trying to work together as a community and trying to um, understand and learn and there are some things that I have a hard time learning so I'm trying my best to not only what you said mesh well with where we are um, but also work with um, the positivities that are happening but there are so many things that 
and distractions that tend to, mm -hmm. um, you know, take you away from what you're really about. And I, I'm, I feel like I'm in that battle at this particular time and I'm trying to work with myself and give myself more grace. Um, but in the meantime, it's not about me, you know, I'm just okay. one person. So I thank you so much. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm done rambling. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. you so much. And thank you. All right, thanks a lot, Heather. Appreciate the feedback. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.